Welcome to the Carmesh Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. So in this episode, I want to talk about how to deal with things when you're feeling really overwhelmed. And I wanted to talk about it because it's something that comes up a lot for me with people that I mentor and coach. And it's something that comes up a lot with some of my family members and friends. And I think it's something that all of us can feel time to time, that feeling of being very overwhelmed by things. And because it's something that's come up so much in the conversations I've had recently, I thought it's probably a topic that's Mm -hmm. relevant for people (laughs) that are listening to our podcast. Uh, Because it's something that we hear sometimes in our coaching retreats, not so much, I don't think, trying to reflect on the last three that we've done. I can't remember anyone really coming in with this, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. But I know that when it got to December 2022 for me, I was certainly very aware that, I think I said to you both, I feel like I'm in a tornado and I can see everything spinning around me, but I can't get hold of anything. I can see it Mm -hmm. and it's all quite clear, but I can't can't grab it and I I don't know what to grab first Mm -hmm. or I don't know what to grab. And that, I suppose, for me was that feeling of being very overwhelmed by the amount of things I had to do. And then in come sort of January, February, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in sort of a hazy frog. The, tor- <laughs> frog. the tornado has passed and there's just this fogginess in front of me. Um, but I think it's something that we can often all feel. I think it's something that maybe we feel and experience it differently. I've just said then about the tornado sort of feeling. But I suppose from, a, from an overwhelmed feeling, whether you two have, have sort of felt that and what that does feel like for you. And I'll come to Advita first. Mm. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Every single... No, No, I think it's more common than we think it is. Yes. I think a lot of people feel that they can't really say they're overwhelmed because it feels like they can't cope. Yes. Um, And when you can't cope, people then question your ability to manage your time well. And then judgment starts and when judgment leads to shame, as we all know. So I think a lot of people keep it quite closed in if they're feeling overwhelmed and every you know it's the whole I'm fine I'm fine I always think about Ross <laughs> I always think about Ross and friends <laughs> Ross and friends by the way with the margaritas yeah, yeah. <laughs> margaritas I'm fine I'm fine Ross is fine you're fine and you can you can see it in people when you say how are you doing today I'm fine like yeah. quite short snappy looking a bit anxious um, so I think there's this I think we need to be more open about talking about overwhelm which is which is why I'm really pleased that we're doing this episode today and for me it's it is I always it's always a bit like spinning plates and it's always that worry that one of these plates is going to drop mm-hmm. and if one drops it's like a domino effect and mm-hmm. they're all going to crash so it is a bit like a tornado but I just visually imagine the plate spinning the plate spinning the and plate that's spinning. how it feels for you I've got all Con- these plates yeah, spinning and loads of plates and one's going to fall. Like, yeah, some are really steady and I'm okay, but one day, if someone nudges it, it's yeah. going to It's going to just tip. It's We're gonna just going to tip. And it's going to tip, 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 tip. And then from the reaction I often have with overwhelm is doing nothing. Yes, yeah. Just, just going to stop. Just going to stop. Like, there's a lot going on. I'm just going to sit in silence and I'm going to stare out the window and I'm just going to stop. And it's not even procrastinating either. I'm just silent. Yes. Because it gets to that point where you're like, what is going on? Well, it's that old expression, isn't it? You can't see the wood for the trees, almost. Like, yeah. so you just. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because <laughs> you just said I, I can't see the trees. I was thinking the other way around. Gonna pair you. Trees for the woods. The trees for the woods. And I think that's true. Sometimes yeah. it's just uh, you can't do anything because there's so much to do that it's you just can't even start. Yeah. How does it feel for you, Trudy? Or are you a, a overwhelm-free zone? I wish I was. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Um, 
it, 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 it translates a little bit in anxiety, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I can't sleep. Well, I can't sleep anyway. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a great sleeper. Um, but what happens is I have that thing where I'm like, it's all kind of like going like this. In Sorry, nobody can see me. Um, <laughs> it's all flashing in front of you. It's flashing in front of me. And so each thing keeps flashing because... Um, it's like the build-up of everything. So it's like flash, 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 flash. So every, throughout the evening, going into the night, um, I'm lying down in my bed wanting to relax. And then all I get is these flashes of, this is, this needs to be done. This is happening. This is happening. This is mm. happening. And I actually just pick up my phone and start playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> what game are you playing, Trude? Um, two dots. Oh, nice. So I, I'll do that because... It's probably one of the, the 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 only things or the few things that are in. It's instant, you know. It's an instant switch off. Yeah, a little bit like sitting quietly and sitting in just staring into space. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it's a little bit like that because it hits you. It's late at night. I have no idea. You know, it's not like I'm going to get up late. I mean, I have done it on occasion. Gotten up and gotten the notebook and started to write to do lists and stuff like that. But. Um, but then I definitely won't be able to sleep after yeah. that. So it's, it, it, it is kind of intense. And I, I you know, the, then then I start to get anxious because I'm like, I need to control. I need to get this done. I need to get this done. Mm. The notebook thing is interesting. That's always something people say, isn't it? Like have a notebook next to your bed and you can Doesn't write work. things down. I'd be so awake if I did that. The like, minute I start The minute writing, I would start, yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, I might as well just mm. stay awake now and just get it done yeah, now that yeah. I've written down I've got Where's to do it. Top? Yes, yeah. I'm up. It's two in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to start it. I'm going to yeah. start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think the... You're right. It's it's. There's definitely something about it feeling a bit different to to each of us. I've said it's like a tornado. You've said it's spinning plates. You've said it can be quite anxiety inducing and impacts your sleep. It, I think it impacts us all really differently, mm. and I think it impacts us all through different ways. I really like what you were saying, Advita, about the fact that we don't talk about it very much because it's so linked to mm. being able to cope. And we live in a society today where if you can't cope, then you're weak and yeah. not resilient. And look at everybody else yeah. having it all with yeah. their social media highlight reel and you can't cope, yeah. <laughs> which just is just not a helpful narrative at no. all because we all cope in different ways and we all have yeah. different ways of managing things in our life. But I think feeling overwhelmed can sometimes be triggered by maybe relationships at work or your boss not being very helpful or confidence mm -hmm. or, you know, in a leadership role, maybe not being equipped to lead. You know, I'm trying to think about what are the things that might be going on for people that might lead to that feeling of overwhelm. Struggling to say no. Yes, yeah. massive one. And it's other people's other people's priorities that are being pushed on you mm. sometimes because, you know, if you're in a leadership role, if you're, if you're at work, some of the times it's, the hammering of you need to get this done. This is important for us. Da, da da da, and it's the it's the list of things to get done that aren't necessarily your priorities directly, but they're other people's, and so you you take it on. I think I was going to say I think guilt plays a big part in this. I think you know the folks that I've worked and spoken with about overwhelm. They often say, "Oh, I haven't spent enough time with my daughter, my son, and my child. Yeah, yeah. I need to take them to soft play. Worst nightmare, but still." <laughs> Soft play. <laughs> I know parents were related, you know, I've been with my friends with soft play, but I need to take them there. But yeah, yeah I still got to deliver X, Y, and Z for the X person. I need to go to my friend's birthday party, I need to mm. buy a present. And I'm like, just 
Slow it down. Do, do you think this? Oh, I'm gonna, we're going into Brene territory, our oh. friend. And I'm just thinking about her book Atlas of the Heart, which I don't have in front of me, but it's a really good book looking at the different emotions that we feel. We'll put a link in the in the show notes to it. But I'm wondering if overwhelm is a result of an emotion of guilt, and yeah. then it comes from it comes completely from that. Because if I'm thinking about feeling overwhelmed. When I was in the tornado, I definitely didn't feel guilt. That it wasn't mm. that wasn't it then. I think that was just I don't know what the emotion was. <laughs> overwhelmed, overwhelmed. <laughs> but maybe uh, probably a little bit of burnout. If I'm yeah. reflecting honestly on that, there was a definite like I just I really can't see the wood for the trees because yeah. I'm mm. I'm quite exhausted. But if I think about when you were just talking about all the things you've got to do. If I think about, you know, I want to, you know, see my family, I want to see my friends. Oh, I've forgotten to say someone's birthday. I need to buy someone a new house card. Oh, I need to go to the butchers or the supermarket. Or I need, I need, to, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need to do all these things. And then that's where the guilt, I think, for mm. me would start to come in that I'm not showing up in enough places. I'm not present enough, which we've mm. talked about this season. Mm. You know, I'm I'm not showing up. I'm not making the time because I'm trying to do too much stuff and I'm overwhelmed by the sheer volume of things I need to do. But that's coming from a place of feeling guilty that I'm not being able to do those. Does that make sense? Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's fully guilt, though, because it. I think overwhelm comes from an emotion. So to your point, you said, you know, some of it is not necessarily that you feel guilty, but mm. I think it comes from a quite emotive place because of the fact that you probably feel, or anybody really, it, it's that feeling of, I want to do my best for my family. I want to do my best for my friends. I want to always be there for work and for people and for all the different things that I have in my life. I want to I want to show up for each one of those things and I want to show up in a certain way. Mm. And and so if I don't do that, then I've let myself down a little bit. It's not it doesn't necessarily have to go as far as guilt, although I think guilt is a is one of the drivers, but there are other emotions that are at play mm -hmm. that are pushing you to to, to, to feel overwhelmed because it's that fear of um, not being there, not being in the place. You know, you hear mm -hmm. of people all the time saying, oh, I, I'm, I'm so afraid that they'll grow up and they won't know me when it comes to their children. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I think it's a lot of, a lot of things, but it is very emotive generally. Mm. So, so yeah, so I don't, but, but I, I don't, don't know think where that comes from, Advisa. I think, I think it, I think it comes from pressure externally and society. I think we're in a world now where we expect to do more for less. Mm -hmm. There's always this pressure to keep delivering regardless of what is happening around us. And there is an element of guilt, obviously, but it's also an element of letting people down. There's also an element of letting yourself down. There's also this whole, if I don't do this, am I not good enough? Or will I be good enough? You know, there's always this kind of unspoken competition I would say. And we standards you've set for yourself, isn't it? It's the standards and it's this whole kind of unspoken competitive thing, either with yourself or with others, that you kind of think, I just need to say yes. I just need to say yes. Because uh, if I don't say yes, they will think I'm not smart enough, not clever enough, I don't want to do it. You know, that I think that's what often leads to it. Are there two sides to that though? Because there's an element of one trying to do it all from societal mm -hmm. pressure, 
But I'm very good at trying to do it all because I'm <laughs> trying to do it all. <laughs> so I, there's a song that I heard a few years ago. It was on uh, a programme called The Dropout, which mm. was a dramatisation of a true story on Netflix. And it's a song called I'm in a Hurry. And I'll put the link to it in the show notes because I'm often playing it because it's like I'm in a hurry to get things done. And I don't know why. <laughs> and so I have to sort of play it every now and then to remind myself that I don't, I'm not in a hurry. Like I can just... Yeah. I can just be, and, and actually, this can be a three-year plan or a five-year plan. It doesn't have to be a two-week plan. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm very aware that I can overwhelm myself, yeah. probably. But and, yeah. We're impatient. We're all, oh, see, I think I'm quite patient. So I, I think we, I think that the world around us has stopped us not wanting to wait for things because everything is so yes. immediate. Mm. Everything. Yeah. The way we access our series on Netflix you know now they dump them all in like all you can watch eight seasons and eight episodes and each you know forever yes. thing so you don't ever have even adverts you can fast forward them you don't have to wait you can get onto the internet within 30 point seconds if, unless you live where I live where it's like 30 minutes but anyway <laughs> but everything is so quick yeah. and I think that kind of pressurizes us to be quick and in oh. hurry and part of it is I want to just hurry up and just do this because I want to show it and mm. I am guilty of this. And a part of this is I just need it off my list. Yeah. I need to get it off my list because it's really bothering me. And I think when you have too many of those things, then the overwhelm starts. The overwhelm in my, I also think starts when you have no goals or intention. And we've spoken about this before in a previous episode. Yeah. When you have no clarity and you are stuck and you're stuck and it's not even a crossroads, it's like multiple roads you just end up kind of doing a lot. Um, a, a, a real example I'll give is when you're applying for a job. So a lot of the people that we all work with are often looking for new opportunities or promotions and things like that. And they will be a scattergun approach in terms of where they're applying for opportunities yeah. to the extent where they don't even know why they've applied for that opportunity and what is happening. And then they overwhelm themselves. Like, I've, I've put in, like I had somebody who said to me, oh, I've applied for 47 jobs. I've not heard oh back. Oh my God. I know, wow. in, in a period a of two weeks, I've not heard back. I'm like, where are these 47 jobs? What industry are they in? What kind of role is it? What kind of salary is it? What are your non-negotiables and negotiables? Because once you can identify, mm. you have a bit of a plan, then you can stop that overwhelm of, oh my goodness, where am I up to with these people and what have I said? And I think that that's a very practical yeah. example, but you can apply that to most things, I would say, in terms of mm. the, the overwhelm you bring yourself when there's no actual intention or plan. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's really interesting how uh, life things, life admin type stuff, (laughs) (laughs) I always find um, a bit of overwhelm there because Mm -hmm. there's, in and amongst all the business stuff and all all of the work things that I have to do, then I've got personal things. And I always think about the fact that I don't have children, I'm not married. So basically, that wasn't an advert. But um, <laughs> I felt free to drop us a DM. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> so, so, so basically, I admire those people who, and I'm sure some of them do feel overwhelmed, who have children, mm-hmm. husband, work, home life, personal, you know, the, the whole the whole kit and caboodle, you know, and I don't have all of that. But at the same time, when it starts to hit you, the volume of things that need to get done, whether it's, um, you know, pay your taxes or pay this bill or so on. So sometimes that can that can add to it. 
Mm, but do you, it's interesting when you talk about that because I, you know, none of us have children. We've always talked about that on the podcast, and and I, and when you were saying that, then it's almost like, do you do we feel like we don't have permission to feel overwhelmed because we don't have the complexities of other people? Which I know we've all talked about. The I'm fact, over that. I used to. I, <laughs> I, I think some, I used to, yeah. but I don't feel yeah. that anymore. I think some. I think some some people in our world may make us feel guilty for feeling overwhelmed because we don't have the same level of responsibility that they do. And that's that's on them. Yeah. 100%. Um, and that's okay for them to think that about us, but I think it's really important for us not to take that guilt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Because I think you're right, the life admin stuff and... You know, I mean, I've been late RSVPing to two weddings, two family weddings this year <laughs> because I just, I'm not home. You know, I'm yeah. not home. I'm not, you know, I, I, it's not stuck to the fridge, so I forgot to do it. And it's those things mm. that you just constantly thinking, I'm, I feel like I'm behind. And when I was reading or listening to Eat the Frog um, this year, which I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. Basically, he's saying like, you will never... You will never be on top of it. You will never be on top of it. Mm. And I say this to people all the time. You know, a to-do list uh, is going to be forever at work because it's a job. You're there forever, <laughs> hopefully, but you're there for a long time. It's not like, well, I've done my to-do list. Mm. This is now completely finished and yeah. I, I should have leave. absolutely nothing to do. <laughs> because that's not a full-time job. No. So, you know, managing that and being able to condense that down into chunks of time, and we'll talk about some of that in the tips, but it was quite nice to be walking along you know listening to the book and just being reminded that we will you will never feel like you're on top of it and even though we all do things like I've got my inbox down to you 165 know, 88 <laughs> you know, from you know 500 and something note that Trudy hasn't mentioned how many emails are in her inbox because she's already even said, going to bother I'm not share. <laughs> but that feeling of I feel like I'm yeah. I feel like I'm on top of it I feel like I'm in control and I think that's what overwhelm ultimately comes back to is finding the tips and techniques that help you feel in control of whatever it is that you're feeling overwhelmed about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's difficult to then pinpoint what that... I don't think there is a... Or maybe there is one source of feeling overwhelmed. I think for me, it's always been... I'm just generally feeling overwhelmed. It's not yeah. like I'm specifically overwhelmed about this. Yeah, <laughs> for me, it's all encompassing. I'd yeah. say the same. Yeah. I mean, it, it. You know, I can't say it was one thing that ever overwhelms me. I think it's the a, accumulation of all of the things as it relates to time as well. So, so, you know, maybe I might be thinking of, gosh, I've got a lot of things to fit in by a certain amount of time. And they have to be done by this time or else there's going to be a problem. Or when you're traveling and, you know, you need to get all these things done. And, and obviously when that happens, I find a list really useful because then I think, do you know what? I'm just going to list, when it comes to the deadlines, I'm going to list what's required for mm. those deadlines. And then instantly that lifts the... Yeah the pressure because now I've I've got it in front of me yeah. and then I might do something like put the whiteboard up and put it in mm. front of me so that I'm like every time I start to get worried about it, I'm like ah oh, no I've already done the list I know what I'm going to yeah. I know how I'm going to tackle this yeah so it's the planning yeah for me it, it can be one thing that leads to the dominoes effect for everything well, else it's that plate isn't it like you it's said earlier plate, it's yeah. one plate goes that's it and the rest yeah. is gone and then I can feel myself not wanting to make decisions or give answers to questions <laughs> like why are you asking me because you own the business advisor yeah. <laughs> oh, okay fine I, but it's that kind of getting because you're like oh my god there's so many questions and you have to oh. be you know what part of I was just thinking while you two were talking it's like that responsible adult 
You yeah. know, and I still feel like a 17-year-old at times. And yeah. then when something happens, I'm literally looking for a responsible adult. Like, yeah. who can answer this very important <laughs> question? I need a grown-up. It's you, grown it's up. you. I need a grown-up to tell me what to do with this tax bill. Like, what is going on? <laughs> but, my, yeah. my husband always says that. He'll often say, like, sometimes he'll come home and I'll be being silly or something in the kitchen and he'll be like... Have you been a grown-up all day today? <laughs> yes, I've been a grown-up yeah. all day today, so yeah. I need to be a bit silly Well, now. it's so important to have that child humour back. Yeah. And I think we just don't... I always say to folks, you know, the dreams we had as children are almost kind of bashed out of you, aren't they, by yeah, the time yeah. you get to the age we are. It's like, don't be silly, you can't think of that. Oh, you need to be serious. And yeah. how are you going to earn money if you don't do it this way? And I think we forget about the child playground effect oh, almost totally. well, we don't play we don't play at all I'm and it, what's interesting unless you're playing two dots unless you're playing two dots <laughs> <laughs> um, but but what we do is we it, it's we conform to something that somebody's told us an adult should look like yes. so we we there's a lot of conforming that's that goes on and so as a result we put ourselves under this extreme pressure to become you know, a serious adult, you know, by the time I'm this to age, I'm supposed to be sensible. Yes. I'm not yeah. supposed to be making silly decisions. I can't fool around, whatever that looks like. And so on and so on. So, <laughs> so, so when you say to somebody, no, not... Sorry. <laughs> well, yes, you can't fool around and do silly things. You, you've got to be decisive. You've got to yeah. make sure that you... You know, if you've taken on something, you've got to have the responsibility of fulfilling it and so on and so on and so on. And you've got some people who, even in their mind, has a, almost like a persona that they need to mm. achieve, which then demonstrates that they're now an adult. And, I'm, and, and I think that's, I mean, it's difficult. You can't really tear that down because some of them, you know, that, that was learned from when they were in their families and yeah. so on. But it's hard to live that way because at the end of the day, that's what causes the overwhelm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that pressure. pressure. It is the oh. pressure. Oh, yes. Under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won't sing. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's, it's the, the play thing is really interesting. There was a book that I read last year called Essentialism. Again, put the link in the show notes. But it talked about the importance of play and it talked about a study that was done with grizzly bears, I think. And those that didn't play, I know. Not with grizzly bears. <laughs> I'm going to go play with some grizzly yeah. bears. No, but that's, I think I that's might a die. dangerous exactly. I was thinking I, bears and disclosure. Don't, don't do that, not, people. Don't do that. Don't go and play with grizzly bears. <laughs> it was a study done on grizzly bears playing with each other ah. um, that showed that those that played lived longer. And it was basically saying that if we don't play, we won't live as long and we need elements of play. And true play is when you're doing things for no end goal. Yes. So you're doing something for the pure enjoyment of it without their... So going to the gym, for me, is not play mm -hmm. because the end goal is to be stronger, fitter, healthier. Mm -hmm. Although I love it. Uh, I've learned to love it, <laughs> I should say. Um, but it is... It, like, what do we do that is true play? Yeah. And I think that's something that I know the three of us mm. spend a lot of time... I feel like at play, like yeah. a lot of what we do when we're together, you know, having dinner or lunch or yeah. catching up is always, there's no end goal to, to that time together. That's just us hanging mm -hmm. out. And I love that. And I think people yeah. don't play enough because we're so consumed with this conforming to being a grown up, you know, ticking things off the list, getting that done. Mm. But to what end? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm always coming back to the book by Stephen Bartlett, Happy Sexy Millionaire. And we talked about Stephen in a very 
early season, I want to say season one or season two, because mm, Trudy and I didn't know who he was yeah. at the time. Yeah, and he was horrified at us for not knowing. <laughs> my it best was mate you Stephen. that introduced us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mate. yeah, my mate Stephen. We'll go with it. Um, <laughs> and he talks about his, in his book about that, uh, that journey of sort of when I get there, I'll feel like this. And when he made, you know, the millionaire and he sold yeah. the company, he said, I wasn't, ha- you know, wasn't happy. It was a bit like, well, what am, what do I need to do to get there? And I think that's so linked to the pressure and the overwhelm and all of those things that we can feel quite a lot yeah. of because of society and, and that conformity. I want to move us into tips because we've touched on some a little bit, but I think all of us have got different techniques and things that we use to manage feeling overwhelmed. Um, and I know for me, I'll, I'll kick us off with a couple, but certainly when I was in that time in December, where I was in the tornado, what helps me is mind mapping. Mm-hmm. So lists don't help me, first of all, because it needs to be slightly more visual yeah. and a bit more scrappy. <laughs> so I'll always, nearly always have sort of blank sheets of paper or a bigger notebook in my bag that I can sort of get a big pen yeah. out and and I sort of work out what are the buckets of things I'm trying to do and then what are the things that are needed just to try and get it out of my head and yeah. sort of mapped onto paper. That really helps me. And then another one is if I'm talking to some of the people that I'm coaching and if we're talking about this feeling of overwhelm that's almost being done to you sometimes in these situations like in an organization I've got so much on my to-do list there's so much I've got to do I don't know how to cope with this amount of stuff one of the things I always say is is think about what it is you absolutely have to do Mm -hmm. so we can assume sometimes that what we need to do for a task is more than it is Mm -hmm. but sort of you know contracting or discussing what's what's the deliverable what do I need to do almost what's your minimum viable product <laughs> what's the you know what's the least amount of stuff i could do to mm-hmm. get this done work that out because sometimes that overwhelmed feeling comes from putting that pressure on yourself of thinking i've got to do all of these things when actually you just need to go to a meeting once a month for that thing mm-hmm. you don't need to do all these other things that you're thinking you might have to do let's step back and just be really clear kind of what's there um and then i suppose the other one for me is helping people m- think about it being much of much smaller so bringing your focus into a more immediate time frame mm-hmm. so the overwhelm for some people I work with can be because of just the magnitude and everything feels huge and there's so much there's not enough time right well let's just focus in on what we're going to do tomorrow or next week or the next two weeks or the next 30 days it, it depends how overwhelmed you're feeling as to how short the time frame needs to be yeah. um, we tend to work in 90 days but I know all of us will go to 30 mm-hmm. if we need to. And certainly in the pandemic, there was I was talking to a lot of people about, let's just look at 30 days. Mm-hmm. And for some, it was two weeks. So, yeah. so having that time frame is really helpful. They're the ones that, that spring to mind for me mm-hmm. most. Any, well, I, 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 the big one I would say is just say no. <laughs> it's I as simple that. as that. Yeah. Just, just say, say no. no. Like, like, that's a song from Grange Hill, isn't it? Is I'm it? showing my age now. It was a, it was drug related. Oh wow! Well, <laughs> really? Uh, just say no I to that as well. Like, just say, I don't know. I'm not going to yeah. sing again. I've, I've already never seen yeah. on this Grange one. Hill ever. Have you not? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I'll find well, the Just no Say No yeah. song on well, YouTube, and we'll pop a link in the show notes for drugs and tasks. Just say no. But it's really important to say no. Like I am not doing this I'm sorry not even sorry actually and do not apologise <laughs> taking my own advice nice, on board catch yourself nice there. caught myself there but it's to say thank you for the opportunity but right now I'm unable to do this but yeah. I can pick this up on XYZ if you if it feels uncomfortable for you to just say a flat no yeah. there's nothing wrong with just saying no without having to give an explanation people feel they have to give an explanation but you could just say no yeah 
I think stop. one of the things linked to that for me is to say, I can do that, but if I do that, it means I'm not yes. going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so give them a consequence of that request so yeah. that you're being clear about the impact yeah. it has yeah. on your time. Always, always ask them about priorities. Yeah. So this is what I've got. These are the five, six things I've got to do today by the close of play today. If you want me to add this on to the list, then which of these priorities do you want me to take away? Yeah. And that's a fair question for you to ask anybody who's asking you to do stuff on there. But I'm also, this also applies to personal life. And I think sometimes when we do have the guilt, if you do feel guilt for for not saying yes to things, you know, you don't have to go to a friend's birthday party on a Friday night if you feel absolutely exhausted and you've got lots going on. There are alternatives you can do. And if they're a true friend, they will be okay, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They will not hold against you. They won't have any grudges. They will be like, it's fine. Hey, fine. It's absolutely okay. Look after yourself. And that's a true friend. And I think this is the other thing that we need to be mindful of about the people that surround us and the support they are giving us. And there should be, with three of us, we know each other well enough now to spot the overwhelm in each one of us, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's what a friendship does. They should be able to be like, they are not doing well. What can I do to support you? What do you need from me? Do you not feel any pressure to do, come to my party or come for dinner? Let's wait until you're ready. You know, that kind of conversation. So just don't, just say no is a, is a big one. The other tip is a very simple tip, which works for me, is apart from staring at the window and all that stuff, <laughs> is to... Rocking in a corner. Rocking in a corner. <laughs> is to make a cup of tea. It's that simple action of doing something. So for me, it's going into the kitchen, putting the kettle on, putting the tea back, and following those steps to slow down my brain racing. Mm. And it helps with anxiety as well. And just taking those four or five minutes, making... If you, yeah. brew it, if you brew it properly, by the way, not a dip and out. That's Some people another, like a dip and out. That's a, yeah, I know. That's another episode. <laughs> that's another episode. Um, <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> However, four or five minutes of doing a different activity can really make a difference to overwhelm. And that is where I'm going to stop. We were on to Trudy. Thank you very much for doing that in the mid- middle of a laugh. Um... Yeah, I, the ones I came up with were <laughs> leaning towards play and being a bit lighter with yourself. So, you know, don't be too hard on yourself is is one. Um, find something creative mm-hmm. uh, like that, to yeah. work on. Uh, I used to, and I I go back to this when it, when I when I feel really kind of stressed. I do go back to this occasionally. Is coloring um, because mm. it's a it's a little task that. Yeah. Um, in a few minutes will just get me calm. You know, just sitting there and colouring. Yeah. And then I can get up and go back to whatever I'm doing. Um, and linked to that is taking a pause. So taking a step back and pausing for a little bit and giving yourself a little bit of t- space and time to think through, well, hang on a minute, it's not as fatal as I think it is. Mm, you know, Because yeah. sometimes that's the thing. We've made it much, much bigger. I think you, you, you're you're saying something similar to that. Uh, Jenny, when you were talking about making the small the task smaller and looking at time, because sometimes we make the task and the thing so big mm. and so complicated, mm. and then you sit down and you do it, and it takes you five minutes mm. to do it, and you're thinking, so why did I think that was going to take me three hours to do yeah. when it actually just took ten to mm. fifteen minutes? We are we are very guilty of fatalizing everything, aren't we? Yeah, like we always think of the. I think that's just our, think of the worst. It's the, well, it's always, how our brains work. It's our brain. Like bit. we always think of the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. and it's like the lion's going to 
kill me, he's not going to bite me. Yeah. yeah. And either one would be bad. Either one would be bad. I'm not sure I want to bite or, or to die, either one. Um, but it, it, one of the things when we do our mental resilience workshops yeah. and, and training is catastrophizing yeah. is quite a big one yeah, to, to be mindful of. And mm. if, if you do experience anxiety or you experience depression or any of those things, catastrophizing is often yeah. where we can go. Mm. Yeah. And then the last one is uh, having a bit of gratitude. So in, the, in an amongst being fatalistic. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting how if you pick some of the things that you're catastrophizing about and you attach some gratitude to it, you realize that actually it's not as bad as you think. Mm. So, but also uh, practicing gratitude just generally moves your attention away from all of the millions of things that are flying through your mind. And sometimes when I'm lying in my bed, not sleeping, um, I will do that. I'll kind of think to myself, actually really great that this happened or yeah. it's great that I know that it's busy but it's good that that's happened because I've now got extra got work or yes. I've got you know it's a positive thing rather than looking at it as a negative so all of mine are kind of tied in together yeah I, it's really interesting listening to all the tips because there's something in there about being a combination of slowing your thinking so having a technique to help you slow your thinking mm-hmm. whether that is making a cup of tea whether it is coloring in you know, for me, it's often, you know, going out for a walk without any headphones or noise on because we need a bit of quiet. But there is this combination of doing something to to help you slow mm. your thinking and then something as an action to help you step forwards, whether that is making a list, whether it is, you know, talking some talking to somebody through what's going on. But there is definitely a slow your thinking and, and take action um, that I think will help people with their with their overwhelm. Yeah. Um, which I, th- I just think has been really interesting. Yeah, really cool. I mean, we've had lots in today. We've had, you know, some slightly inappropriate comments. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of... of all of, driven by you, Jenny. All driven by yeah, I was, I was I going know. to say. I was oh, going to God, say. Don't I was going to say. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit calmedgedrebels.com. We'd love to continue this conversation, so please connect, ask questions, and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn under Calm Edged Rebels. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate and review us. Hold up. 